the ninth day is over. You are coming nearer and nearer to the closing day of 10 days Thamma seminar. Having worked seriously for nine days on this technique, understand how you will make use of this technique in your day-to-day life. If you don't do that, then the purpose of your joining a course like this is not served. Then it will become like a rite, a ritual, a vipassana rite, a vipassana ritual. It won't be helpful. Vipassana is not for that purpose. Vipassana is an art of living. How to live a proper life, a moral life, a peaceful life, a harmonious life, good for oneself and also good for others. One has to keep on examining oneself whether Vipassana is really teaching me how to live a proper life. That is possible only when you go back home and practice every day, morning and evening. And even practicing morning and evening, if you make it just a mechanical process, sitting one hour, like you count your beads of the rosary, it doesn't help. Again, in your daily life, you have to see how this technique has started helping you. Similar situations, how you are dealing with those situations, how you are facing vicissitudes of your life. Misery may start, but how quickly you come out of your misery. Like this, you keep on examining yourself. And if you find that there is no change in your life, no change for better, then there is something wrong. Either the technique is not good, but technique is good because it is helping thousands of people around the world. Today, it has helped in the past. So there cannot be any doubt about the technique. That means you are not working properly. Then contact your guide, your teacher, your assistant teacher, and see what mistake you are making. If you are really practicing Vipassana, as you should practice some change or the other. Don't expect some miracles, but some change or the other must start, change for the better, must start in the life. Anything may happen in the life which used to happen previously also. Some unwanted thing has happened. A wanted thing has not happened. Somebody has misbehaved and you reacted. Do you keep on reacting in the same way, with the same intensity, for the same duration, or some change is coming? When you reacted, how quickly you have come to senses, started observing sensation, come out of your negativity, and you started generating love and compassion for the person against whom you started generating negativity in the first instance. Keep on examining yourself like that. 
maybe 10 times a similar situation you face now as you used to face previously. Quite possible, nine times you react in the same way as you used to react before. No change. Once at least, out of 10 times, if once you are not reacted, you start observing your respiration, your sensation, that is a big achievement. Once in 10 times, this alone will become twice in 10 times, thrice in 10 times, and like this you will find you are really progressing on the path. Say a, sim a situation as a reason which used to arise previously also and you have reacted, you have generated negativity, you have generated anger. Previously, you used to roll in that anger say for eight hours continuously. You kept on boiling yourself, eight hours, anger, anger, anger. Now you will notice that this boiling stops in six hours. You start smiling. <laughs> Later on you find in four hours you start smiling. In two hours, in one hour, half an hour, 15 minutes, five minutes. This duration of period, if it does not decrease, then you are as miserable as you were before. If you were miserable for eight hours previously, now you are miserable only for six hours. Two hours, you again, you are happy, you are less miserable. Four hours, if you boil only four hours, you are miserable only four hours. And like this du duration must become less, less, less. Although you did not start observing your respiration or sensation, yet you will find this duration becomes less, less. The intensity becomes less, less. No magic, no miracle, no supernatural power comes to help you. The law of nature is such. If you had been playing game of sensation for 10 days here, it does not give any good result. I keep on reminding it to the students again and again. Unfortunately, some are such, they keep on taking courses after courses, 10 courses, 20 courses, someone will make a century. And yet, no change, no change. Because one is playing games of sensation. When there is pleasant sensation, one feels so highly elated, wonderful. My meditation is so wonderful. When a gross, solidified, unpleasant sensation comes, one feels so depressed, oh, my meditation is so bad. This is not Vipassana. This is totally against Vipassana. Sensation, pleasant or unpleasant, makes no difference. A sensation, what is the nature of the sensation? Look, it is anicca, it arises, it passes away. It Every time a sensation comes, the understanding of anicca should be there. Look, arising, passing, arising, passing. And with this understanding of anicca, your wisdom increases, your equanimity increases, and this is how you are making, taking advantage of Vipassana, otherwise no advantage. If one keeps on playing the game of sensations, pleasant sensation, elation, unpleasant sensation, depression, if that continues courses after courses, if that continues in your morning and evening sitting, <coughs> what benefit do you expect? No benefit. Otherwise, even though something unwanted has happened, you reacted with the anger, and why this duration has become less now, you not started observing respiration or sensation? Because of your practice morning and evening, without intentionally trying to observe the respiration or sensation, a part of the mind starts observing it. You are boiling in anger. One hour, you might get few moments here and there when you observe your respiration, you observe your sensation. 
next one hour again few moments few moments those few moments are wonderful moments like your car is running with high speed going to collide somewhere and a break a momentary break the speed becomes little less again it is running another break another break it it went on it would have went on running for say 8 hours now in 6 hours it stops then 4 hours then 2 hours then 1 hour your anger was so strong it would have kept you boiling for 8 hours now because of this momentary stoppage that you give break that you give unintentionally it happens because of your practice daily practice and you are not playing the game of sensation if you play the game of sensation what happens now something has happened which you don't like in the outside world and because of that you will get an unpleasant sensation and because of that you are becoming angry and when you feel the sensation all these days this is what you had been doing unpleasant sensation you have negativity towards it you don't have equanimity in your mind so now is the unpleasant sensation you again react to it you again react to it you are not coming out of your misery but if you work properly an unpleasant sensation and you laugh and you smile oh this is impermanent let me see how long it lasts this is impermanent it arises to pass away it arises to pass away and you find this has started working like this keep on examining yourself whether you are making proper use of vipassana in your daily life or not don't expect that in a 10 day course one will become one will become so perfect that now there will be no more negativity no more boiling or no it will become less 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 and that is good enough slow and steadily you will find you are progressing you are progressing on the path of dhamma the path of liberation liberation from all the miseries whenever a misery comes everyone wants to come out of misery nobody wants to roll in misery but it is ignorance which makes us roll in misery roll in misery for a long time saints sages of the past even ordinary human beings they had been looking for a way to come out of their misery something has happened in life very unpleasant and then one has become very miserable and that incident keep on striking again and again in the mind one becomes more and more miserable so one way out people thought was just divert your attention people started running after sensual pleasures one is very miserable and to come out of misery one will divert the attention go to a cinema go to a theater go to a dance hall go to a bar this or that and feel yes i am out of my misery you are not out of misery because all these sensual pleasures generates attachment in your mind and attachment and misery go together you are becoming more and more miserable this is the two side of the same coin when you have got attachment to sensual pleasure or to anything then whenever you miss it you become so agitated so miserable you are not coming out of it no solution then some saintly persons they said divert your attention not to the sensual pleasures to something else for example unwanted thing has happened and you started generating anger get up and walk a little if that has not worked get up drink a glass of water you are diverting your attention if that has not worked just start counting 1 2 3 4 1 2 3 4 you are diverting your attention if all that doesn't work then a solution was given which worked which still works if you have got devotion strong devotion in any god or any goddess any saintly person 
an elevated person, enlightened person, in whomever you have got great confidence or devotion, just start reciting his or her name mentally. Keep on reciting, reciting, reciting. Because you have got devotion, it becomes easy for you to recite it. And as you are reciting, you are diverting your attention to something else. Your anger subsides and you feel that you are free from anger. Or another solution, you just imagine the shape or the form of that particular god or particular goddess or saintly person or enlightened person and keep on remembering that imaginary shape or form. You will find your mind is getting diverted and you feel you are coming out of your anger or your misery or any negativity or any defilement that has arisen in the mind. You are coming out of it. It looks like that. It looks like that, that you have pushed out your negativity by reciting these names. But the reality is not so. Those who became fully enlightened, they became fully enlightened because they explored the entire field of mind and matter, transcended the entire field of mind and matter and experienced something beyond that, the eternal truth, ultimate truth. They experienced the entire law of nature. They understood that whenever you divert your attention, it appears as if you have put aside your negativity. But actually, you have suppressed your negativity. It has gone away from the surface level of the mind and is being pushed deep inside. At the surface level of the mind, you feel, look, no, there is no anger or no hatred or no ill will or no passion or no fear. Whatever negativity has come, it's gone now. But suppressed deep inside at the unconscious level or half-conscious level, it, it keeps on rolling there and keeps on multiplying, multiplying, multiplying. You have not come out of your misery. Escape is no solution to the problem. And these enlightened people found out, observe it, observe it. Whenever any negativity arises, a passion arises, don't suppress and don't give it a free license to express itself at the vocal level or the physical level. Similarly, fear arises, anger arises, hatred arises, worry arises. Don't suppress it and don't give it express. Don't express it at the vocal level. Find a, they gave a middle path. Observe it. Anger is a reason. Observe it. Passion is a reason. Observe it. As you observe, you are not suppressing it. As you are just observing objectively, you are not expressing it. Just observing and you find it becomes weaker, weaker, weaker and passes away. It has not become a problem. Your problem is solved because you are observing it. Very good solution but very difficult to practice, very difficult to practice. When a negativity arises, say anger as a reason, so quickly you get overpowered, overwhelmed, you can't observe, so difficult. Something which you can't observe is no solution. Then it's only theoretically all right, but you can't practice it. These enlightened people, when they gave any sermon or any advice, it was practical advice. They knew very well that when a negativity arises, it is so difficult for anyone to observe the negativity, abstract negativity as it is. But they realized mind and matter are so interrelated. As soon as a negativity arises in the mind, say anger is a reason, passion is a reason, fear is a reason, any impurity is a reason, two things start happening at the physical level. One at a little gross level, other at a little subtle level. At the gross level, your breath will lose its normality. When you have anger or passion or fear, breath can never remain normal. It will become little fast, little hard. 
when that particular impurity has gone away, again it will become normal. So something starts happening at the respiration level. And another thing, at a subtler level, some biochemical reaction will start. Palpitation might become increased. Heat may, heat may be there. Perspiration may be there. Tension may be there. Something starts happening at the biochemical reaction of the body level. These two things, it is very difficult to observe anger as anger, abstract anger, passion as passion, abstract passion. But if one practices, it becomes easy to observe the respiration, to observe the sensation on the body. And this is what they started teaching. Because it was very clear that for ordinary person, once one gets developed, then it becomes easy. Even abstract anger, abstract passion can be observed objectively. Otherwise not. Even if you sit to meditate, you can't meditate. Anger has a reason. First important difficulty is, first important problem that comes is, you are so overpowered. You don't remember even that I should observe my respiration or my sensation or the anger. You just get overwhelmed with that. Then there must have somebody to remind you. You must have a private secretary around. Whenever anger comes, this private secretary must remind you, oh, look, master, anger is coming. And as Buddha said, you observe your anger, observe your anger. Private secretary will work for eight hours only in the day. And I don't have agreement with the anger that you should come only when my private secretary is on duty. It can come any time in 24 hours, any day in 365 days. So I must have three shifts, three private secretaries. In every country have their own labor laws. You must give staggering holidays. So four private secretaries or five private secretaries. Who can afford? Right, somebody is afforded. There is always, every moment, a private secretary like a shadow. And anger is a reason. And this private secretary will say, oh, look, master, anger. Anger, come out of the anger. Observe anger. The first thing I do, I slap him. You fool. Are you here to teach me? I'm my own master. I know, I know what to do. Anger. Anger is anger. All right, I have not behaved in the wrong way. And I thanked him. All right, you were, you were kept for that purpose. You have advised me. Very good. Now I must observe my anger. How to observe anger? There is no shape of anger. There is no color of anger. You close your eyes and try to observe anger. What you will observe? Only the object of anger. So-and-so said like this. So-and-so did like this. Something unwanted happened. Wanted didn't happen. And that keeps on coming in your mind. You are not observing anger. You are observing the object of the anger. And that is the stimulation for your anger. Your anger becomes more and more. You are not observing anger. And that is why enlightened people said, observe your respiration. Observe sensation. Observing respiration, observing sensation, you are not diverting your attention to something else. Because this very sensation, this very respiration is like the other side of the coin. On the one side of the coin, you have got your mental negativity. On the other side, these physical things that are happening, your respiration becoming abnormal or your sensation on the body. So you are facing the problem. You are not running away from the problem. You are not suppressing the problem. A very wonderful solution was found. And for that, one has to practice. No magic, no miracle. The old habit pattern of the mind was always give importance to things outside. Th things outside. One never tried to understand what is happening inside. Vipassana helps you to see what is happening inside, which is more important than things happening outside. When all importance is given to things outside, 
then one always remains under the delusion that I am miserable because of things outside. I am miserable because so-and-so said like this or so-and-so did like this. All the cause of my misery I will keep on feeling is outside, outside, outside. A husband will say, if my wife changes a little, our house will become like a heaven. Everything will be all right. She has to change a little. And ask the wife, she says the husband has to change a little. Little change in the husband, oh, wonderful. <laughs> father will say the son should change a little. Son will say the father should change a little. Mother-in-law will say the son-in-law should change. The daughter-in-law should change. And the daughter-in-law, son-in-law will say the mother-in-law should change. Everyone else should change, not I. I am perfectly all right. <laughs> What's wrong in me? Because you find fault only outside, outside. You always find the cause of your misery outside, outside. So all your energy, all your strength throughout the life is used to rectify things outside, to correct things outside. Nothing wrong. But big mistake that you are forgetting everything about yourself. What is happening inside? Your energy goes waste. First thing is that it is so difficult to change others. You have no control over others. How can you change others? Even if someone becomes the sole ruler of the whole world, so much power, yet it is not possible that in this person's life everything will happen according to his or her wishes. Nothing will go against his or her wishes. Not possible. Even with all the power one tries to correct somebody, amend somebody, where is the guarantee that somebody else will not raise the head and start doing something against your wishes? Impossible. You can't change the whole world. But you can certainly change yourself. Certainly change yourself. There is a saying in our country, the path is full of thorn, full of thorn, full of pebbles. You try to clean it, very difficult, and you walk, the thorn will trouble you, the pebbles will trouble you. The best thing, wear shoes and walk over it. <laughs> you are protected. You don't worry about this thorn, they will remain, let them be there. There is sun, very strong sun, and you want the sun not to be so strong, it's too hot for me. You can't do anything, take your umbrella. Take the shade and run. Doesn't matter. So you protect yourself. And protecting yourself is just observe what is wrong inside. This is what you started doing by practicing Vipassana. Unless you understand the truth, the totality of the truth, you always remain deluded. Panya, the literal meaning of the word Panya, pakarena yaneti iti Panya. You understand things from different angles. If you try to understand the problem only from, from one angle, it is a partial truth. And partial truth is always distorted truth. It does not help you. <clears throat> when you see the same problem from different angles, you are coming nearer and nearer to the totality of the truth. Then the delusion goes away. Then your decisions are good. Your actions are good because you are with the totality of the truth. One story of the past. Five blind, birth blind people were brought near an elephant. They had never seen an elephant, blind from birth. And they were asked to examine elephant and say what, what elephant is. Someone caught hold of the foot of the elephant, the leg of the elephant. Ah, I know it's like a post. For him it's like a post. Someone caught hold of the tail of the elephant. Ah, it's like a brush, a broom. For him, elephant is a brush, a broom. Like that all five of them gave their definition of elephant, which is true, but partial true. 
far away from the actual truth. Like this, if we keep and keep on seeing things only from one angle, then it's only a partial truth, a distorted truth. All our decisions will go wrong. Vipassana starts helping you. The Panya starts helping you to see things from different angles. One very important angle, which was missing from the time one has taken birth, opened eyes, only seeing outside, outside, outside. One never cared to see what is happening inside. Now Vipassana has given you another angle. Something has happened outside. Let me see what is happening inside. So you are not with the distorted truth, only one angle. At least you have got two angles now, outside, inside. And as you progress, you will have more angles to see things. But this angle, seeing things inside, is such an important angle. Now you find the cause of your misery, 100% cause of your misery outside. But as you progress on the path and you start observing things inside, very soon you will reach the stage where you will start saying, yes, something happened outside, but also something happened inside. So cause of my misery is 50% outside, 50% inside. All right. You started sharing the responsibility, 50%. <laughs> you do something to change yourself, 50%. doesn't matter. A time is bound to come. If you really practice Vipassana, a time is bound to come when you will start realizing 100% cause lies inside. Not even quarter percent is outside. 100% cause of my misery is inside. Nothing outside can make me miserable. As nothing outside can make me happy, 100% cause of my real happiness lies inside. 100% cause of my misery lies inside. Then you start working inside. You give all importance to inside and the whole life pattern will change. You will come out of your misery so easily because you started seeing things inside. Somebody has done something which has harmed you. Somebody has done great injustice to you. An example, you take your case to the court. I don't know how it is in this part of the world. Back in our country, when something goes to the court, litigation, it takes years together from this court to that court to appellate court, etc., etc., and then reaches the federal court, the Supreme Court. It takes seven years, say. Seven years, the case went to the Supreme Court, and the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court went to all the papers and all the evidences and gave decision that the other person, person is 100% at fault, you have got no fault, and he should be punished, all right? He has given a punishment according to the law of the country. But if I am a wise person, I start thinking, if there was no fault, no fault on my part, Supreme Court just says I have got no fault, then why I suffered for these seven years? Seven years, day and night, I had no peace of mind. There must be some law of nature, some law of God Almighty. Why I was penalized? With Vipassana, you start understanding why you were penalized. You are responsible. Every moment you are boiling with negativity, so-and-so did like this, so-and-so did... You are responsible. You kept on boiling yourself. Somebody comes and abuses you. Just an incident. Somebody has come and abused you. He is your enemy. He doesn't want to see you happy. He wants to see you unhappy. That's why he has abused, he has insulted. He has abused you once, made you unhappy and gone away. And now what happens? He just wanted you to be unhappy only once because he abused only once. And now what happens? You say, all right, shake hands. You want me to be unhappy? I will remain unhappy for hours together, for days together, for years together. Sometimes you say that he insulted me so much, I don't forget for the whole life. Don't forget for the whole life? <laughs> Whom are you obliging? You will keep on rolling in misery, hell misery for whole life. 
I don't forget for seven lives. Seven life in hell. <laughs> Madness. What we are doing? In the first instance, it was a mistake on our part. Somebody brought a present of abuse and we accepted it. When somebody is abusing, it is the problem of this person. His person, his problem, her problem, full of negativity. This is his misery. Why share that misery? Why take that misery on you? Just smile like Buddha. All right. It is, I have not accepted your, your present. You have to suffer for that. You have to suffer for that. I can't suffer for you. I won't suffer. That itself was a big, big mistake. And then you kept on rolling. You kept on remembering. He insulted me like this. She insulted me like this. You keep on staging that drama on the platform of your mind again, 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 years together. No one else is responsible for that. You yourself are responsible for that. As you examine more and more the reality inside, things will become so clear, so clear. I am responsible. Whenever I react, I bring misery to me. I don't react. Whatever happens outside, I'm not miserable. I can smile. So the entire responsibility lies with me deep inside. I change my own habit pattern. I become free from misery. I start living a better life. But that requires a lot of practice. Things become easier if you practice Vipassana properly, this material structure, how it is working, how bi biochemical reactions are coming because of the different sensations are coming, how the mind, the four parts of the mind, the vijnana, the cognizing part of the mind is working, the sanya, the recognizing part is working, the vedana, the feeling part is working, and the sankhara, the reacting part is working. How they are working? If you keep on observing them, you will notice that the fourth part, the sankhara part, the reacting part, has become so strong for you. And the first part, the vijnana, just cognizing, remaining, observing things objectively has become so weak, so weak. And the fourth has become so strong. Oh, this is the reason of your misery. And by the practice of Vipassana, you will find the fourth part, the, the Sankhara becomes weaker, weaker, weaker. Even if you react, it is like a line drawn on the water. It won't be so deep. And the first part, observing, observing, observing objectively, becomes stronger, stronger, stronger. You are coming out of your misery easily. Otherwise, if the practice of Vipassana is not done properly, the results, you can't expect the results that you should get by practice of Vipassana. As you keep on observing the reality, it becomes so clear where the mistake is, where the misery starts, how the misery starts. Otherwise, one keeps on saying, whenever I see this person, I start generating negativity. Is it so? That means something wrong in this person? The biochemistry of this person is such that your biochemistry starts changing and generate negativity. If that is so, then everyone who sees this person must generate negativity. It doesn't happen. The same person, seen by five at the same time, one generates negativity. Anger, other may generate passion, the third may generate fear, the fourth may generate something else. All five generating different things. Oh, then it becomes clear. It is not there, something wrong in me. Each individual has one's own problem. An example, a artist, a very good artist, on a canvas with his or her brush and the ink draws a picture. A very beautiful image comes out, very beautiful. Starts looking at that image, how ah, wonderful. This person is so wonderful and then loses the balance of the mind. I want to live with this person. I must live with this person, so beautiful person. And people say, you are a mad fellow. 
your own creation, your own imagination. There is no truth in it. And you want to live with this picture. How is that possible? Oh, no, I can't live without this person. I must get this person. Mad fellow. Similarly, the same artist may draw another picture. Very horrible, very ferocious. Oh, this person is so bad, so ferocious. He will eat me, he will devour me. Please save me, please save People say, mad fellow. Your own creation, your own imagination. What you are doing? We can say this artist as a mad fellow. But each one is playing the same game. Each one keeps on drawing pictures and then keep on reacting to those pictures. Each one keeps on carving images and then keeps on reacting to those images. All imaginary pictures, imaginary carvings, and yet what a great reaction is there. An example, 20 years back, 20 years back somebody said something or did something that I did not like. That means my sanya did not like. My sanya said very bad. And as soon as the sanya said very bad, Sankhara reacted to a very bad person. Negativity arose. And I carved an image of this person. Very bad fellow. Very bad fellow. For 20 years, I have not seen him. After 20 years, with the interval of 20 years, I see the same person. And I start reacting. Very bad fellow. Very bad fellow. Oh, in 20 years, he might have become a saintly person. Who knows? And even the first instance, it was only my sanya which said very bad fellow. Actually, he might not have been bad. Who knows? My own creation. I have carved the image of this person. Very bad fellow. Very bad fellow. I am reacting to this image created by me, carved by me. This comes between the reality of this person and my reaction. This comes in between. And I am reacting to this. Similarly, another example. 20 years back, somebody said something or did something which I liked. That means my sanya liked. Ah, wonderful. And the evaluation was given. Ah, wonderful person. A thorough gentleman. A thorough gentleman. What a saintly person. Saintly person. 20 years, I have not seen him. With the interval of 20 years, I see that image comes. Ah, thorough gentleman. He might have become a devil. <coughs> During these 20, 20 years, he might have changed so much. And who knows? In the first instant, he might have been a devil. Only my sanya said, a very thorough gentleman, very good gentleman. I am reacting to my own images. <coughs> that reality will become clearer and clearer if you start examining how your four parts of the mind are working, how the interaction of the body, the material structure interaction is going on. And all that will become so clear if you just observe objectively, objectively, objectively. Same person, same object. Seen by five different persons. Five different persons are good. Five different images of the same person. They are reacting to their own images, not to this person. Even the same object, it comes to me, comes to co in contact with my sense door, eyes or ears or, or anywhere. Five different times, the same object. And yet I react in five different ways, the same object. Say certain words come to my ear. Five times, same words have come. And I have reacted in five different ways. If I am a good vipassana meditator, it will become so clear. An example. Example is example. No reality in it. Just example. <laughs> One evening, I am walking. I am walking with uh, five of my students. It's evening, little dark. On the footpath, somebody is lying there. And one of my students hits this person, kicks this person. And this person shouts. Are you blind? You got eyes or buttonholes? 
these words come to my ear. And I find a wonderful sensation in my body. Very pleasant sensation, a flow of very pleasant sensation. Somebody is abused. You've got eyes or buttonholes, and I'm getting a very pleasant sensation. <laughs> One incident. Second incident, I'm going alone. I have hit this person. And he shouts the same language, the same words, the same tone. Are you blind? You've got eyes or buttonholes. Now I find no pleasant sensation. No pleasant sensation. Unpleasant sensations are there. Third incident. Again, example is example. I am going, and with me, my five students, and again, I have hit. I have hit, and again, he shouted. Same words. Are you blind? You got eyes or buttonholes? And I find the unpleasant sensation is more severe than last time. Same words, but yet such difference. Fourth time. Just an example. Again, I am walking. I have hit the person. Again, the same tone he shouted. Are you blind? You got eyes or buttonholes? And suddenly I realized, these are the words of my son. My son? My son abusing me? Are you blind? You got eyes or buttonholes? Oh, the sensation becomes so unpleasant. So unpleasant. Fifth time. Again, example is example. I am walking with five of my students. I have hit this person. He shouted in the same way. I have recognized my son. Oh, now it is totally unbearable. Unbearable. Why? The same words came to the ears. Five times, and why it is so different? What happens? A good Vipassana meditator will start understanding what happens. The first time. First time when these words came, my sanya says, yes, these are words of abuse, but not for you. Not for you. They are for your students. And these students, I keep on teaching them, be aware, be aware, walk with aware, walk with mindfulness. And they are so immature. They have not understood anything. Hit somebody, and they have to suffer this abuse. I am a Vipassana teacher. I can't make such mistake. Look, this abuse is not for me. It is for my student. And there is a pleasant sensation throughout. <laughs> as soon as one takes birth and grows and uh, comes to senses, whether one comes to senses or loses senses, who knows, but in the worldly language we say, one comes to senses. The first thing one, one does, carves an image, image of oneself, I, Goinka. And when I carve my own image, I carve very beautiful, beautiful Goinka, wonderful Goinka, wonderful Goinka. <laughs> and I establish this image in the temple of my mind, wonderful, Goinka is so wonderful. Now, first time, when I found that abuse is to my students who are immature, I'm a matured person, I'm a personal teacher, then this image got some more shiny over it, some more polish. Ah, wonderful. Goenka is so wonderful. He cannot make mistakes. Others make mistakes. Second time, the same abuse, and my sanya says, it is for you now, not for your student. There is no student here. And this image that was carved and attachment towards this image, and this image gets shattered. Somebody, somebody abusing me? Such a big Vipassana teacher, me? What happened to you? You're not bleeding? You're not dying away? What's wrong? Why you shout? The whole attitude changes now. Very unpleasant sensation starts. And third time again, why it was much more? Because these five students who were with me, one keeps on making this madness. One carves one's image and establishes in one's own mind, develops a lot of attachment that itself is madness. Now, another thing that one keeps on doing, 
gets establishes a good image of oneself in the minds of others. Every student must know, Goenka is wonderful. Oh, look, Goenka is wonderful. And that image, one plays so many dramas and so many things just to establish a good image. These five students, I had done so much to establish my good image in the minds of these five students. Now all these five students, the image is shattered. Previously only one image was shattered. Now five images getting shattered. I feel so unhappy, five times more unhappy. Somebody abuses me when I am alone. I say it doesn't matter, he has abused me. But in public with so many people, what makes the difference? Abuse is abuse, whether you are alone or whether you are with so many other people. Because you have put your image in the minds of so many people and now that gets shattered, you are much more unhappy. That becomes clearer and clearer as you go deeper and make an analytical study of the things. Fourth time, why it is more unhappy. I, I, the sphere of I increases now, mine, mine, mine. And you start uh, making images of mine, my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, my mother, my father, my so, my so, my so. And you carve a beautiful image. And you start developing tremendous amount of attachment. At the apparent level, you keep on fooling yourself. I love my son, I love my wife, I love my husband, I love my mother, I love my father. If you go deeper, you will understand you don't love anybody. At the time of Buddha, the king of the country, Pasenjit, he came in contact with Buddha, meditated, became a good Vipassana meditator. And one member of the family becomes good meditator, others slowly get attracted. So the whole family was a Vipassana meditator. His wife, Mallika, the queen, she also very good meditator. Both of them meditate in their meditation room in the palace. One day after one hour sitting, this king asked the queen, Mallika, tell me, whom do you love the most in the world? And she says, wonderful. The same question came in my mind while I was meditating. And I realized, I love myself. I don't love anybody. I don't, I don't love anybody. Person just smiled. He said, the same question came to my mind. I examined myself. I found I love only myself. I don't love anybody. Without Vipassana, it would have been totally different. A queen saying to the king that I, don't lo I love only myself, not you. Her head would have been taken off. What kind of queen? But now both are Vipassana meditators, very happy. They went to Buddha and said, Sir, in meditation it so happened. Buddha said, Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu. This is the beginning where you can start rectifying yourself. So long as one remains under the delusion that I love so-and-so, I love so-and-so, I love so-and-so, one does not come out of the madness. When one starts realizing, I love myself, oh, look, what a self-centered person I am. What a selfish person I am. Whom you say, mine, my son, my wife, my husband, etc., etc., you have got a dream, you have certain aspirations, and you want this person to fulfill those dreams. You are dreaming that this person will fulfill my dream, such and such dream. And that's why you are loving. Your love is expecting something in return. And when your love is expecting something in return, you are not loving this person. You are loving yourself, you are loving your own aspirations, you are loving your own dreams. Self-centered love, it doesn't help. Pure love is just one way traffic you give. You don't expect anything in return, you just give, just give. When a Vipassana meditator starts realizing that, then one starts coming out of this selfishness, this narrow-mindedness. So now what happened in the fourth time? This son of mine, 
So much dream was taken when he grows, he will be son of a Vipassana teacher, so he will be serving him like anything, and he will be so obedient, and like this and, and like that. And now my sannyas says, these words are from your son, my son abusing me. Ordinary person on the street whom I didn't know, and with whom I had no dreams for future, this person abuses me. I don't like it, but it doesn't have much effect. My son, he abuses me. Oh, it becomes so unbearable. Now, fifth time, why it is much more un unbearable. Because the same mistake I keep on doing, the image of my son, as I try to establish my image in the minds of others, I try to establish the image of my son, my daughter, my wife, my so, my so, so wonderful. They may have some defect, but I keep on covering the defect. Oh, no, 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 they are so wonderful, so wonderful. Now, the images I establish in the mind of five of my students about my son, those images got shattered. I am five times more unhappy. All that will become very clear when you, when you know how to observe your sensation. Something has happened, what kind of sensation? Something has happened, what kind of sensation? This is how Vipassana will help you. Unless you make use of Vipassana in your daily life, then it will become like any other organized religion. One goes to a temple, one goes to a church, one goes to a pagoda, one goes to a mosque, performs this right, that right, feels very happy, I'm a very religious person, I'm a very religious person, it doesn't help in the life, deluding oneself. If Vipassana is also made that way, I take one course every year, I sit morning and evening, and my duty is over now, let Buddha do something for me, he will do, because I am doing his job, he told me to do this, I am doing it, now it is his job to save me from all misery. It doesn't work. It is changing your own habit pattern. Understanding at the depth how you are making yourself miserable. Moment to moment you are creating only misery for you. Either craving, either aversion, either craving or aversion. This sensation, that sensation, craving, aversion, craving, aversion. A bundle of misery. And by this technique you are coming out of this mad habit, coming out of your misery. A purpose to come to a course like this should not be taken like a rite or a ritual. There must be a purpose for your coming. And the main purpose is that you <coughs> understand the reality of mind and matter within yourself at the experiential level. And every time you come, you are developing certain qualities in you. And those qualities will help you to reach the final goal of full liberation. In the language of the past, in Buddha's language, there are ten such good qualities. And when you fulfill those qualities, you reach the final goal easily. They are called parami. Parami is a quality which helps you to, the cross, to cross the ocean of misery and reach the other shore free from all misery. There are ten paramis and one gets wonderful opportunity coming to a course like this to develop all the ten paramis little by little, little by little, like your ten jars, ten pots. And even if you put one drop, one drop in each, drop by drop, drop by drop, a time will come when all these jars will get filled, fulfilled and you reach the final goal. What are these ten parmis? What are these ten qualities? Remember them, so that next time you come, you be very careful that you put at least one drop in each jar. More the better. <laughs> one parmi. Nekkhama parmi. A parmi of renunciation. One has to renounce the householder's life so that there is no attachment left. Everyone is not prepared to renounce the householder's life. Everyone cannot become a monk or a nun. Then how to develop this parmi? And it is an important parmi. Then this wonderful opportunity. For 10 days, although one has not shaven the head, 
and one has not changed the robes. But for all practical purposes, one lives a life of a monk, one lives a life of a nun. Because in courses like this, you live on the charity of others. Whatever food you take is charity of others. Whatever facility you have is charity of others. And what for one becomes a monk or a nun? There is nothing to say mine, mine, mine. The whole, all these parmes are to take you to the stage where entire ego gets dissolved. The final stage of egolessness takes you to the final goal. And with renunciation, one becomes a monk and with the begging ball in the hand, asks food from house to house, the ego starts getting dissolved, dissolved. You get a wonderful opportunity here. Initially, when courses were started in India, and for some time here also, when we didn't have our centers, then one mistake was there. We couldn't rectify, and it took time to rectify. Charges were taken from the students. No charges for the teaching, because teaching is so invaluable. What charges can give? What charges can anybody give? But at least for boarding, lodging, the actual expenses, out-of-pocket expenses, we are charged from the students. That was wrong. But once the center started coming up around the world, then the Dhamma started being taught in its pure way, pure form. If money is charged, then you don't get this parmi of renunciation. Because all the time you feel, I am paying for it. And when you take your meals, oh, this is not to my taste. I paid for it. No, this is not good. I want that. I want that. Your ego is there. Otherwise, like a monk, like a nun, whatever comes in the begging bowl, beggars have no choice. You get it, you eat it, you are happy with that. You are dissolving your ego. Very important. For that purpose, no charges should be taken. No charges of teaching, no charges of boarding, no charges of, of uh, lodging. When we first gave this idea to the people in India, all the trustees were, when the, co when the center was established, they were so afraid, what, Koenkaji, what you are doing? This is such a poor country. People don't get meals for days together. And you are giving free meals here. There will be such a big crowd. <laughs> I said, don't worry. Let them come. They have to work from morning 4, 4.30 till night, 9, 9.30. <laughs> if they work, it doesn't matter. If they come only for meals, then they won't work. Then they have to run away. So it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. Nothing happened. It went perfectly all right. People came to work seriously. Same thing here also when I started in the West. People said, well, in the West, people will suspect you. Why you are not charging even for food? There is something wrong. Some intention, wrong intention is there. Or you are supported by some government or some intelligence group or something. Something is happening. Otherwise, how somebody can give free boarding, free lodging? How that is possible? Not possible. So this doubt won't allow people. I say, this doubt will go away. Don't worry. And look, it has gone away. So Dhamma, when it is taught in its pure form, is so helpful to the students. And it helps them to develop this parmi, renunciation parmi. One feels, I am a monk here. For 10 days, I am a monk. I am a nun. I have to live like a monk, like a nun, on the charity of others. And this helps them. Another parmi, Sheila parmi. The five precepts that you take here, you are supposed to observe them outside also. But it is so difficult in the outside world. You keep on breaking this or breaking that. Although it may be due to the environment, because you are kept busy from morning 4, 4.30 till night, 9, 9.30, there is no opportunity for you to break. So at least for 
for nine days or ten days, you keep your Sheila so perfect. When you start talking, tenth day tomorrow, slight danger is there. <laughs> That's why silence for nine days to observe this Sheila. When you start talking, you may exaggerate something or you may hide something and your Sheila is broken. So at least for nine days, perfect Sheila, you get this wonderful parmi. And the next parmi is virya, efforts. As a householder, one has to make effort, but every effort one does makes is to earn money for livelihood. Yes, one has to work. But coming to a course like this, the virya is the real virya, a virya to purify your mind, a virya to live a good life. All the efforts that you make are the efforts to purify your mind, to purify your mind. This goes to your credit, the credit of parmi, virya parmi. And the next, panya parmi, wisdom. Staying at home also, reading scriptures, going and listening to some dhamma discourses somewhere, you get wisdom. Sutamaya panya, chintan maya panya, but that is not parmi. Parmi is bhavana maya panya. You have to live the life of wisdom, living wisdom. And all that happens while you are here for 10 days, living wisdom. You are experiencing wisdom. You are experiencing the truth of the things inside and you are experiencing the law of nature inside and you are experiencing how to live in line with the law of the nature. This becomes your parmi, the panya parmi. Another parmi, khanti parmi, tolerance, tolerance. Coming to a course like this, 100 students or 200 students sitting together, meditating. You try not to disturb others, but somebody starts disturbing you. Somebody starts coughing. Somebody starts burping. Somebody starts hiccuping. Something happens and you feel so irritated. Mad fellows, why they are disturbing others? And then suddenly you realize, oh, I have come here not to generate negativity. I must generate only compassion, love. This person is ignorant. Or this person is a sick person. Why generate negativity? And you come out of this negativity. You learn how to develop your parmi of, of tolerance. Khante, khante, khante. And the next parmi, parmi of truth. Truth at the vocal level is a good parmi. But here at a deeper, subtler level, every step on the path must be with the truth. Truth, truth that you experience. Not the truth experienced by Gautama the Buddha or the truth experienced by Jesus Christ or the truth experienced by your teacher. Nothing doing. Your own experience from moment to moment, moment to moment, this will take you to the final goal of ultimate truth. So truth, 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 this parmi becomes stronger, stronger, stronger. Adithan parmi, strong determination. Somebody comes to a course like this, the first thing one does, strong determination, I will stay here for 10 days, let anything happen. I won't run away on the second day. I won't run away on the sixth day. I won't run away on any day. I will be here for 10 days. Any kind of operation is acceptable to me. Another adithan one takes. I will observe all the rules, regulations, discipline, timetable. And this adithan helps. Another adithan which comes after vipassana. You sit for one hour three times. You don't change your legs. You don't open your hands. You don't open your eyes. So much of pain and yet you fulfill it. That parmi is a wonderful parmi. And it is so helpful in the long run. Understand when this person became fully enlightened, that night when he sat under the tree, he sat with the adithan, with a strong determination that I won't change my posture, not till one hour or two hours, till I become fully enlightened. It may take years together. 
that all my bones get scattered, I don't mind. I won't change my posture. And if you come to that stage and you sit and 10 minutes a pain starts, you say, no, 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 I will sit later on. I will sit later on. So for lives together, you have to develop this parmi, this parmi for the tan, the tan, the tan, so that when your time comes, you sit with this strong determination and come out successful. Very important, very important. Another parmi, metta parmi. Tomorrow you will learn this technique. Love for all beings. Love for all beings. Compassion for all beings. Well, we are taught from the childhood, love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor. So we keep on saying at the surface level, may you be happy. Oh, my neighbor, may you be happy, may you be happy. But we have got so much negativity towards this person. Deep inside, we keep on saying, you go to hell. Oh, my neighbor, you go to hell, you are so bad. That doesn't work, that doesn't become a parmi. Because the deep inside, your unconscious mind is much stronger than the surface level mind. So when you keep on giving metta only at the surface level, it doesn't work, it doesn't become your parmi. This technique, for nine days you keep on, keep on purifying your mind, keep on purifying your mind, keep on breaking the barrier, the barrier between the surface mind and the inside mind, and then tomorrow on the tenth day you learn this metta, may all beings be happy, may all beings share my peace, my harmony, then there is no trace of negativity, and you are learning the real metta which, which goes to your credit as a parmi. And the next upekha. With all the experiences that you have here, upekha, equanimity, equanimity, equanimity. Whatever experience you have, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, equanimity, you get a wonderful opportunity. Otherwise, in the life, when ups and downs are coming, vicissitudes are coming, you may have equanimity, but that equanimity will be at the surface level of the mind. But now you are experiencing at the depth of the mind. The sensations are experienced by the deepest level of the mind and you are training this deepest level of the mind to remain equanimous. Upekha, upekha, upekha. This becomes your parmi. And the next, dana parmi. Donation. As a householder, it is very difficult for a householder to reach the final goal. Why? Main difficulty is, that a householder is not supposed to go and beg food. A monk and nun should go out and beg food. A householder has to work hard, very hard, work honestly and earn money. Support oneself, support those who are depending and support others. This is the responsibility of a householder. Once you start working and you start earning, then the ego gets inflated. Look, I am such a smart person. I am such a clever person. I am so intelligent. And that is why I am successful. Others are not successful. I earn this much. I earn that much. Money that comes develops so much of ego in the mind. And so long as the ego is there, you are far away from the final goal of full liberation. Now, how to come out of this ego? On the one hand, one has to earn money. And on the other hand, every money that comes generates ego in you. That is why the saintly people, the enlightened people, they advise that whenever you earn, you keep on understanding that you are not earning for yourself. Of course, you are earning for your own maintenance and the maintenance of all those who depend on you, but you are also earning for others, for others. Others have got share in my earning. Then the ego becomes less, 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 less. It won't be that strong. In a course like this, 10 days are over. One has been dissolving the ego, dissolving the ego, purifying the mind, purifying the mind. Then whatever donation one gives, according to one's own capacity, less or more, is a material. 
gives with the purity of mind, not expecting anything in return. Even this dana becomes very impure when you expect something in return. Your love becomes very impure when you expect something in return. Your service to others becomes very impure if you expect something in return. So also the dana becomes very impure if you expect something in return. I have given so much dana. So there must be one bungalow made for me. Whenever I come, I must be there. All, efforts, all comforts for me. When I am not there, all right. Let others, others use it. It doesn't matter. But when I come, and first admission, I must always get admission. All those expecting something in return. Or I have given so much dana. So on this bungalow or on this structure, my name should be written, donated by Goinka, the great Goinka. <laughs> All that madness, because one doesn't know what Dhamma is. This is what one has been doing the whole life. Working here for nine days, for ten days, dissolving ego, dissolving ego. Oh, whatever I am giving is for the good of others. As I got so much benefit because somebody gave for me. Somebody gave this charity and that is why I got all this wonderful dhamma which is so good for me. May similarly more and more people get benefit from it. So the charity that comes from the mind of purity, just helping others, seeing others coming out of the misery, this goes to your credit as a parmi. Otherwise if the ego gets built up, then it is no more parmi. All these ten parmis, you get wonderful opportunity coming to a course like this. Coming to a course like this to meditate, purify your mind and develop all the ten parmis. People come to give ten days service in such courses. And those who come for ten days service, they are developing the same ten parmis. They get an opportunity here, serving here. They find that how they are developing their parmi. This developing of the parmi, drop by drop in these ten jars, ten pots, big pots or small pots, if you are going to become a fully enlightened person, the jar is too big. It takes time, doesn't matter. But otherwise, full liberation comes even with smaller jar. But all these ten jars must be filled. All the ten parmis must be complete. And that completion, you get a wonderful opportunity coming to a course like this. Make best choose. Next time, whenever you come to the course, keep in mind that I am going to the course, not for a rite, not for a ritual, not for a religious ceremony. I am going to fulfill my own parmis. I am going to make a change in my life and a change for better. And then you keep on applying it in life. All these ten parmis will come to help you in your daily life also. Not at the final goal time. They will be helping you every time in your every life. Any problem comes, you will find one parmi or the other is coming to help you. Because these are all good qualities. A pure mind must have those good qualities. And you are, by practicing, you are developing those very qualities. May all your ten parmis develop, develop, get fulfilled. May you all reach the final goal. May you all experience liberation, liberation from the bondages, the shackles, the chains of all the defilements so that you enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness. Bhavad
you may take rest for about five minutes and then again start working again start working